0: We work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive, and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient get grounded in play. Playgrounding when it's time to get a life. Hello, and welcome back to Playgrounding. This is Kara Stuart Fortier, and I am inside the treehouse here at Theory Labs at the Brewery Artist Colony in LA. and going to have to make this another quick intro. I have another kind of longer interview for you again, but when there's so much gold, you just can't start cutting it out. And you're going to agree when you get into this conversation with today's guest. His name is Tony Perrone, PhD. Uh, He teaches at the University of Washington at Tacoma, And I'm really, really jealous of his students. If you're one of his students, man, I'm so jealous of you. Just having one conversation with this playful person, um, I learned so much in a very little amount of time in my conversations with him. Um, Tony studies the self-reported meanings, presence, and developmental and educational benefits of lifespan imaginative play in the lives of adults. Yes, yes adults. And before you start thinking this is a conversation that maybe not for you, that you don't do that kind of play, we let that all go when we were little kids, I really invite you to give this idea a chance. Um, it's, it's interesting because we've never talked about this on this podcast and it's probably, for me, one of the most important parts of play as we talk about in the interview. Um, but I've been wanting – I've been wanting to f- – find a way to have this conversation I just didn't know who to talk to and then I find this amazing mind of Tony so just to give you a little something to think about as we go into it just think about all the times you felt stuck um where you've been a little or maybe a lot disillusioned by the grown-up world that we've inherited that we grew up into and we learned how to follow all the scripts and we learned how to please the right people and and we we go through these rote things every day um But Tony is inviting us to realize that we can opt out of that at any time. Um, Tony shows us how imaginative play can help us get unstuck. And it not only will change us, but when we do that, it actually makes the ripples of change in the world around us. And I just think you're going to love this conversation. So now, meet Tony. Hi, Tony, or should I say Professor P- P- Perrone?
1: <laughs> uh, Either is fine. Professor P, Tony, Dr. P, all those sound great.
0: Dr. P sounds good we, to me. Is that what your students call you?
1: Actually, yes. I'm often referred to as Dr. P, so that would be lovely <laughs> if you wanted to use that. But we can even change the names we use for each other while this conversation goes on.
0: I love it. I love it. And um, So this is actually I'm, – I'm very jealous of your students. Uh, you get to teach – yeah, I read your background in the bio, just a little bit of your your academic research. and but you get to teach play and research play, and specifically in adults. And your students get the benefit of your knowledge about this subject. and I'm really jealous. i I don't need any more student loans, but I really would go back to school if I could learn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. yeah, I'm actually I'm equally uh, grateful for the opportunity to be part of. Uh, higher education context and working with adults, where play is encouraged and courses on play and research on play are embraced. So yeah, I'm equally blessed and grateful for the opportunity to to have this opportunity to talk about play, teach about play, research on play. It's such a gift.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, before we get into some of the more technical sides or you know of play, which seems so strange to even say that. Um, Can you kind of give me a background on you? Um, I know you've got some improv in there, some different things. You just tell me about what created, what brought you to the place where you now study play in this context?
1: I guess for me, uh, it's it's as much as part of my whole lifespan, as much as it's a part of the fact that I've been in history. But I think To honor the time that we're in with this conversation, I'll say, I guess I've always just been really excited about and thrilled to be a playful person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have very fond memories just briefly thinking back to all of the great uh, role-playing and Star Wars playing and (laughs) act, you know, play that I did with my sisters putting on shows for our family. I think I just was remembering recently that like we did a a play on on the musical Annie and I got to play the role of Daddy Warbucks and my sister put on this cool, like, you know, Annie wig and we put on the songs and we made programs and costumes and we put on shows. So I've always had this lifelong interest in creating and imagining and playing And my sisters or friends or, you know, things I might have played, you know, imaginary stuff on my own have always been a part of it. But I guess this more academic scholarship piece came about because I went to an undergraduate school where I was given the opportunity to design my own major. Wow. I had had no requirements other than eventually, meaning at the end of my undergraduate program, I was asked to do some sort of culminating project that represented the journey I had been on all throughout my undergraduate years.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So during those years, I explored passionate passions of mine things that I was super thrilled and interested in like foreign languages and Mm -hmm. poetry writing and psychology and history and education and lots of different areas of, of 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 interest of mine and when I was actually in my third year of undergrad I took an acting class I'd always been interested in doing that as well maybe that Daddy Warbucks role kind of drove <laughs> me into saying let's let's take a whole class and become an actor
0: exactly, um,
1: and I was so in so so thrilled with all of the powerful learning and powerful development that came from taking an acting class sure we did scene studies or we practiced monologues or did vocal or physical warm-ups but i was like wow this is such a holistic powerful exciting way to learn Mm -hmm. Yes, and it was like i want to do more of this and then by surprise or almost maybe unintentionally maybe a Semester or so later, I took a language class, a Spanish language class, where we made our own videos and we wrote our own plays. And it just started becoming this energy of saying, you know what that acting class, the exercises I did as an acting student, my experiences learning Spanish, making videos and role playing my childhood and life story as being someone interested in this idea of imagining and creating, you know, that could be a way to learn and teach in other ways, not Mm -hmm. just for me, not just as an undergrad, but maybe for other people in other contexts. And so mm. I ended up doing a project for my undergrad life where I created a course to teach adults in my uh in the college community uh English as an as a new language. These were international students mm-hmm. and family members who were interested in learning English for academic purposes, everyday life use, but I thought let's try and learn English together and let's use Improv, drama, mime, let's create our own plays rather than just learn through grammar books, worksheets, tests, and other really traditional and, in my opinion, sometimes very oppressive ways mm-hmm. of learning. Yes. And it was a blast. Oh, wow. Wow. It was amazing. In fact, I I still connect on those videos that we made, the photos we took, the learning and development and community building we had. And frankly, that got me wondering as I graduated, let's keep going. Who else? How else? Where else can we create play with adults in higher ed, in adult learning contexts? So since then, maybe now more than 20 to 25 years later, I've been creating with wonderful adults around the world, play through improv, play to learn languages, play to learn about psychology or human development, play to build communities. Uh, And it's just been going like that really ever since.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is just hearing that story. I just relate to so much of what you said up until a certain point. I think imaginative play was my play as a child. And I think that's why... In a lot of ways, as I got older, the idea of playing as an adult just didn't jive. I didn't understand, like, what am I going to go do? Find a find a you know box in the backyard and glue feathers to it, or you know, pretend I'm <laughs> Princess Leia and run around the neighborhood with a you know stick as a lightsaber. I mean, this was how I played. How does that, I mean, how does that interpret itself into an adult life? And actually, I've never really had a chance to explore this on Playground at all yet. And so, uh-huh. the imaginative play. Um, it still baffles me as an adult, how I can bring myself back to that. And so this topic just, wow, this is huge. This is really important, I think. Well, thank you. I'm really grateful
1: that we're having this time to chat about it. And
0: and it's been so it's been so
1: wonderful for for the communities I've been a part because I think what you're offering is very valuable. And unfortunately, not maybe you're not alone in that respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the what ended up also developing on this journey for me was getting this graduate degree and mm-hmm. actually being able to say with with joy that my Ph.D. is in play. My doctoral work is in oh, play. Oh, man, that's so cool. You know, it makes a great party chat. It's like, <laughs> my, I have a Ph.D. in play, and it's ch- – the P stands for playful, happy, yes. and doctor.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right? Oh, my God.
1: Right. It's yep. not necessarily full. Ph- it can still be doctor, but it's ph- not maybe a <laughs> philosophy. It's a play and happiness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why
1: not? Why not? Uh, but that that point you're making is so valuable, sadly, though, only because we do at least theoretically. In mm-hmm. some forms of practice, honor that imaginative play dressing up like Daddy Warbucks, being Princess Leia, SpongeBob, Mm -hmm. playing other kinds of imaginative, creative activities has often been acceptable, if not encouraged, Mm -hmm. for young children. But a lot of developmental psychology, the area that I did focus on when doing this play work in graduate school, a lot of the dominant narratives that developmental psychology offers is that play is wonderful, it's developmental, it helps children learn language skills Mm -hmm. and the social roles of their community or building their cognitive uh, development, but, And here's the big but, it ends when childhood gives way to formal schooling, when it gives way to uh, later childhood and adolescence, Mm -hmm. and then other things like school or work take over, and play is like, thank you very much for your time, Yes, we're moving on.
0: Oh yeah, I, I gave it up. I gave it up in adolescence. I can almost point to the year I was 14, and I just... I discovered boys. I got nervous about myself and the world and what am I going to do with myself? And I don't think I ever really played again. I did go to acting school. I really enjoyed acting. And so improv is a wonderful place. But there was always that self-consciousness that that made me a bad actor, actually. (laughs) Um, But I was was terrified to let go and just fall into a role the way that I did when I was a child. But I, I didn't like games. I didn't really like... You know, structured play. I loved just running out into the yard and being nice. something. But nice. I lost that. And so this that's yeah, it's really fascinating.
1: Well that's super I'm very I'm very um inspired by that because there's something also about imaginative play mm-hmm. like we're wondering about we might have engaged in as children, like mm-hmm. playing Princess Leia or my <laughs> my first example of the Annie production I did with my sisters, that even if there's a story we're inspired by or something we read about or watched in the media or that comes from our life experience, it can still engender an imaginative play, but it's also much more free to explore something else, create something new from that. Mm -hmm. And for me, that comes in the play that I've been doing. And that comes up a lot in the courses I teach and the research I'm doing, which is that idea you mentioned of improv and improvisational theater, Mm -hmm. because that's actually a lot of the kinds of imaginative play that I'm focusing on because I... Uh, before I became a graduate student, hmm. I was studying and performing improv in Chicago oh. and learning about it. In fact, that's what got me to go out to Chicago back when I was, oh, I don't know, late 20s maybe. Any said, particular troupe? Uh, no, actually mostly <laughs> just student productions oh, cool. or local groups or independent groups. But I fondly remember that one of my favorite groups that we uh, I was in was called Mr. Cindy. Oh and we just performed regularly on Monday nights and did bar prov and other great stuff, but it was a (laughs) lot of fun because one thing that was so great about improv because I never really thought about it as how can I become the next Mike Myers or Mm -hmm. other famous person that goes on Saturday Night Live. I always was like, how can this be a wonderful, powerful way to learn, develop, Mm -hmm. build community? And so when I went and studied and performed in Chicago, I was always wondering about, wow, I wonder how I could use this scene work activity to teach, or I'm wondering how this helps maybe people in business contexts. Mm-hmm. I was always thinking there's so much about the world of improv that can connect across contexts,
0: well, I'd, not I'd,
1: just to be yeah. on the stage, but to maybe create new stages for growth across the world, across contexts.
0: That's amazing. And I, I would assume that you know this now. This is what you've been spending all this time studying. You have some answers to those questions. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm so excited now to sort of dive into that. Um, what did you end up? Tell us about your actual dissertation and, and the, some of the conclusions you came to so we can then sort of like go back in and explore or in and around that.
1: Sure. Uh, my graduate work just to kind of give you a quick like a quick or brief like backdrop to that was conceptualizing imaginative or pretend play not just as it had been known in developmental psychology as a an activity of just young children. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's a lifespan activity. So along with my wonderful mentor, we conceptualized that the imaginative or pretend or fantasy like activities of young children Mm -hmm. were in fact still continuing into and beyond those years, and that it might take other forms. And one form that we conceptualized that suggested that children's play still is continuing was in adult, adult improvisation. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, my initial dialogues with my with my mentor was he was interested in and focused on young children's play, and I was an improviser in Chicago. Hmm. And when we started talking and sharing what we knew about both children's play and adult improv, we noticed just how much connections there, how many connections there were, yeah. how much alignment there was in both how dialogues were done, the benefits of it, the reasons people get involved in it, uh, the communities or social development that happens from it. And so we thought, wow, this is really a suggestion that maybe developmental psychology hasn't given us the first and best and only answer. Mm -hmm. And that maybe play is not just for kids. In fact, it's a lifespan activity.
0: Absolutely. And if we could really quickly actually just stop here, I just realized just the using the word improv, a lot of people, under, they wa- they know sketch comedy things like Saturday Night Live, right. things like that. And they know stand-up, which we often call improv or Night at the Improv, things like that. Right. But what we're actually speaking about, and I you totally go in and kind of define it even further, it's more like something you'd see on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Or amongst lots of the actor kids around here in New York and... Um, and it seems like something that's not very connected into normal everyday life for most people. But when you do get into it, it kind of becomes an obsession. But um, can you go ahead and just give a definition for improv just for not really having for people who don't have a background in that?
1: Thank you for that. I think that's a great idea to contextualize or or define that for everybody. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that. Mm -hmm. I think for me, although much like play can have so many definitions and so many illustrations, Mm -hmm. I think improvisation can too. Mm -hmm, But maybe for this, for for our conversation now and for everybody wondering, Mm -hmm. I would say that improvisation is an opportunity for a group, a community Mm -hmm. to create something new together spontaneously, emergently, collectively, and in a way that is a possibility for the group to grow, mm-hmm. to discover, to develop, to change, to challenge, to make the world something new and grow together. And so that can take so many forms. And in fact, maybe what we're noticing when we do see a sketch comedy show, or whose line is it anyway, is that those actors, those performers on a stage are making something up together. Yes. And a, and building something new that hasn't ever been created before. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it with joy. They're doing it with energy that's positive. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily the only people who can and should do that. We often think that, well, play is for kids or for actors.
0: Uh-huh. Yep.
1: And what And what I've noticed and what I've been building and what others I know and love are doing around the world are saying, if we honor that play is not just for kids mm-hmm. and that we all might benefit from it, enjoy it, learn from it, develop from it, then how can we create spaces together that build something new together mm-hmm. and not just on the second city or, or theater <laughs> stage, but maybe in lots of different stages of, de- of life, like mm-hmm. schools, yes. therapy rooms, yes. Yes. prisons, mm-hmm hospitals, families, and to create new things together where we don't have to worry about the script or how it's always been Mm -hmm. or what's expected, but what we can create together and how we can honor that, celebrate that, and build something from that.
0: Yes. And, and to, to get, make a really silly example just a little visualization for people out there if you still may have any question in your mind just imagine throwing up a balloon or a ball into the air and a, a group of people now has to just keep that ball up in the air you hit it up in the air you you know you have to catch it you have to hit it you have to get it back up that that group's focus is keeping that ball in the air and you're going to jump back sometimes let someone else do it you're going to jump in sometimes and do it yourself but everyone has this objective together to collaborate to collaboratively and spontaneously whatever it takes move forward and i it just it's a, it's one of the most amazing experiences having be, done it um, but it, yeah even i relegated it to a part of my life that i packed up and put away in a little suitcase and yeah you know and yeah. so the fact that this is what you're trying this this concept is what you're trying to bring out and say this is imaginative play and so what are yeah keep going i'm sorry i just wanted to kind of like No put that i out love there. that
1: and and I, I'm, I'm going to use an improv uh, staple rule called yes and and build on what you just said that said yes and to build on your beautiful metaphor of the balloon and keeping it afloat and doing that together is that we also don't necessarily assign the role of who's going to – Go for that balloon first, or how many times one has to touch it or move it, or maybe how we move in our space together, Mm -hmm. or if we make a funny noise as we do it, (laughs) right? Or we're all wearing a certain costume or not, or Mm -hmm. we decide we create that activity together Mm -hmm. and how it goes and how we get involved and who participates and how we create something and what we keep building comes. Without any expectation or plan. But we build it, we create it, and we celebrate it together. Yes,
0: yes, yes. No expectation. That's, yeah, that's also, wow.
1: And then if you wonder with me for a moment, Kara, Mm -hmm. that's so powerful because so many of the contexts outside of the theater or a preschool playground Mm -hmm. are more so about expectations. Mm -hmm. Here's the syllabus. Here's here's our five-year business plan. Mm -hmm. Here's what you're supposed to do on the first date. All these (laughs) kinds of scripts and rules that we kind of feel are part of the game of life. And I think improv and lifespan imaginative play says, what if we created new performances of how to relate to each other, how to go on dates, mm-hmm. how to work with our current political systems as they're functioning, yes. how to be more present with our partners, for example, mm-hmm. so that it extends beyond just it's cool for kids and for the artsy types. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a radical revolutionary and developmental possibility for all of us
0: yeah it's a mindset that we has vanished from our minds as children that if we it as adults it's literally like the opportunity the possibilities are limitless uh-
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Because that's such a powerful reminder that we sometimes think there's only so many ways we can do something. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I do an activity in not only the play class I teach, but sometimes in other courses on human development, where I'll just invite students in some warm up or group activity to greet each other.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, and they'll, and students and I will choose our quote unquote script of that we might wave or say hello, or fist bump, or something <laughs> like that. But then at some point during the activity while we're moving around the room, greeting each other, I'll invite everybody to think of their favorite animal and the sound that animal makes. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, okay, sure, that's a great idea, Dr. P, sure. <laughs> and then I say, okay, now that you've got an animal that's you know meaningful, that you're thinking about or feeling, let's greet everybody with those animal noises and see how that goes. <laughs> And everyone's like, what? (laughs) But let's go for it. That is so cool. And so the room turns into this beautiful melody, symphony of pig grunts and owl sounds and, (laughs) and cat meows. And people are like, oh, my God, this is totally... Not what I thought we would do and (laughs) fun. And I'm freaking out because I've never done this in a college class, but it feels fun. Let's do more. And also, I didn't expect it. And then I say, well, what if we greeted each other like this on campus from now on? They were like, but that would seem different or new. And I'd say, well, we can create the ways we want to interact in the world, perform the world, create Our relationships, and although that may not be the one we're all going to draw upon, Uh just the reminder that it's possible is powerful.
0: Yes, just the
1: reminder there's more than the scripts we know is liberating.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's I don't I don't have a background in psychology, and I have just have a question based on what you're just saying. I feel like when we start to lose imaginative play, it's because we start to fall deeper and deeper into this desperate attempt to fall in line. You know, as children, I guess that's kind of what adolescence is in a lot of ways. Like, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm just thinking that um, how do you fight that tendency? And how do, you, how do you deal with adults? Like if you go into a more of like a business setting, what are some of the other applications? How do you fight that desperate need to fit in and to not stand out and to do everything by the script? You know, I'm imagining college students are not gonna want to start hee-hawing in the hall to greet each other <laughs> unless they're like really cool theater people. But anyway, I I just yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah. still still, like how do you fight that that tendency that we all have? Well, I
1: guess it's something that rather maybe uh it's something to honor that we're that's present in our in our performance right now. Mm-hmm. That we're aware that maybe a current performance that we have is that we are trying to learn the scripts, or we're trying to fit in. And that in and of itself, for me and those with whom I do this work, that's even a performance, Mm -hmm. knowing that we like to follow this particular greeting pattern, or we want to get an A, or we want to conduct a meeting this particular in this particular fashion. Mm-hmm. And so I, I only would offer that maybe it's an opportunity to say, if we recognize that everything we're engaged in, even what you and I are creating now mm-hmm. is a performance, then we can say if it's something that we're finding developmental, growthful, possible, mm-hmm. playful, joyful, then we can continue building with this emergently mm-hmm. and see what we can create. But there's also the reminder that if you and I wanted, for some reason, that doesn't have to be announced or scripted, decided to now conduct the interview in gibberish and just start <laughs> talking in a made-up language, we could do that. <laughs> and so we could... I, <laughs> and we could just create that together. And yep. so maybe rather than not to discredit your offer of the idea of fighting is to just say, if we see all of our possible interactions in the world as performances, mm. then we can honor that they are both ones that we are cast in, like the, the scripts that we feel we've got to abide by. Yeah. But we can also take the improv metaphor and say, but I can also engage in a new, a new performance a new role, a new interaction, a new way of doing it, and maybe rather than see it as an issue of resistance, like, yeah. oh, I should, I should fight, I, I have to stay in line or I have to follow along, it might provide us the very ways that we want in the world to heal, to change things, to make things more equitable mm-hmm. or just, and I think that the world that we're living in right now is trying to sometimes encourage us to follow the script Mm -hmm. or do it as everyone is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a very unjust approach because it's limiting the possibilities of the different perspectives, interests, needs, uh, voices Mm -hmm. of other community members who most certainly can offer us something new to grow with and Mm -hmm. something maybe transformational for us all.
0: Wow, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it, it kind of the even the idea of how we interact being performances. And I know like there's a, there's a whole thing out there where people feel like they have to, you know, be authentic and be the real you and find yeah. this, this this one thing. And I, I just, there was a conversation on, I think it was the Freakonomics podcast with Trevor Noah. And oh, he, yeah he talked about how people would get on his case that he was, such a chameleon that he could get along in all these different circles and kind of look down on him for it. And he just said, Why is it a bad thing that I'm able to just float through life and be able to engage people in in a truthful way in that moment that might not be in the way I would engage someone else and and, and it's given him this ability his through his amazing story. But, you know, learning to be able to take those structures off, even the one we mm-hmm. give ourselves to find this one true me, authentic you know, <laughs> absolutely.
1: absolutely. And to build on that and to say, yes, because often psychology, especially some theories in human development, have often thought of identity mm-hmm. as this one singular yes. fixed entity mm-hmm. that let's just say for developmental stage like purposes, you might achieve, say, in your adolescence or seek to achieve in your young adulthood. And the the narrative has been, OK, well, that's you. Just stick with it. And anything else seems using your beautiful language ideas of being that's not in a, that's inauthentic or that's not the true you. Yeah. But I guess just to wonder with you, because I'm really feeling this, and thanks to Trevor for coming in with this idea too, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I have multiple performances of who I am. Yes. How I might create this dialogue with you might be different than how I create this with my three-year-old twin niece and nephew, mm-hmm. or who I am when I'm at the yoga studio, or when I'm chatting with my uh, best friend. Or when I'm having a conversation in other ways, Mm -hmm. so with other contexts. So I think that that's also part of that resistance maybe that you're wondering about is that identity is often a very tough thing to hold on to because Mm -hmm. we think we've got to stick to it and never change it. But maybe what Trevor's offering and play can remind us about is that identities are plural, identities mm-hmm. are fluid, identities are contextual, identities are relational, identity is playful. Yes. And therefore, it reminds us that much like when young children are trying on roles of both being who they are and playing Cinderella, mm-hmm. we never say, you can only be one. You're, <laughs> either, you're either my niece or you're Cinderella. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's absurd. That does sound absurd. That is
1: totally absurd. So similarly, I wouldn't want someone to say, I'm sorry, you're only Dr. P. You also can't be someone else or become someone else. Mm -hmm. That's, in my opinion, we can laugh, but I think also that has a social justice lens to say, we've often said to people, don't be this, or you can't mm-hmm. come to this compute uh, opportunity or you can't participate in this mm-hmm. or some other identifying label of yours deems you not relevant. And I think that is oppressive and wrong, yes, and plays that liberation to say, "Come together, everyone. You are welcome. You have something to offer. Let's build and create with it.
0: Wow. And it's such a relief, isn't it? I mean, i I yes. just feel this relief of not having to carry that burden of the script of seeing it as this this almighty thing that I have to fall into or this idea of this who am I, you know, to really be able to just explore, to take all that weight off and just throw it away and just go interact in the world. On a, in a more, not to use a buzzword, but a more mindful way, I guess you could say. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: No, I think it's a great word. In fact, you know, when I'm, again, to honor my multiple identities, when I'm not playing the role of Dr. P, improviser, <laughs> academic, you know, I'm also a yogi and someone who meditates oh, wow daily and for me that sense of mindfulness overlaps or connects to both those contexts mm-hmm. maybe in in both unique ways but also in ways that connect and the idea of improv and being mindful is about being present with the wonderful gifts and being aware of what's available to you in the moment you're in yes. not what i wish it had been or well, what I'm worried about it will be, for example, yeah. but what is the beautiful gift that I can honor and be present with and build with, with what's available now?
0: hmm exactly. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know you were doing those other things as well. Um, and so for, for people out there who may be hearing this and, Maybe totally relate to everything that we're talking about, but at the same time, are are you know going to get out of the car and go to the grocery store? Or, you know, they have a long to-do list in front of them. Maybe their lifestyle wouldn't even really know how to take what we're talking about and integrate it in any way that really feels tangible. I mean, it would, it kind of feels like a nice conversation about very truth true things. Um, but what kind of advice would you give someone wherever they are? Whatever, what kind of applications have you seen this? You know, have you seen people kind of come from one place into a playful place over the course of your work?
1: I think just to wonder with you, and maybe it connects to what we've been building mm-hmm. with yeah. and we can, and it extends it in light of this wonder for our audience and just for ourselves as players in the world, Yeah, is one thing that all often comes up is even like even in those previous examples, I that one example I, I offered from when I offer uh, in classes for everyone to greet <laughs> each other in new ways. Yes. One thing I always wonder with everyone is what are some other things we could do? Mm -hmm. In other words, what are some additional performances that we can create in addition to the one that I just suggested of animal noises? And so I guess I would wonder just to answer your question about saying, what are some new ways that we can do the create the life that we're living to create new performances in our life? So in other words, is there a new way that we can do something if we're feeling stuck? Because often what I'm wondering about with people, and one of my other dear mentors says, is that play is an opportunity for us to get unstuck.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: And that might mean that we're feeling that the way in which we're interacting with our colleagues are getting a bit stuck, or the way we're doing our political organizing, or democracy is getting stuck. Yeah. Or the way in which we're teaching our children in schools, that's getting stuck. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess my wonder to everyone is how can we create play, or better said, how can we see play as an opportunity to get unstuck? And it can happen in everyday ways rather than big moments that we all have to take on right now. What if we gibberish some more? What if we decided to greet each other in new ways? What if we decided to Uh, Instead of punish someone, say, every time something goes differently than we want, we'll have to dance rather than go in the corner. What if we decide to sing when we greet someone at the store? What would happen? Let's just see what we could create with that. And if that seems a bit unfamiliar or daunting, great. Part of being in the play world is doing what you don't yet know what to do or how to do it and seeing what comes from it.
0: Oh, my goodness. You know, actually, you just, I just, when you were saying that reminded me of a time I actually used that. It was, I, I used to do citizen lobbying with an organization called Results, and we did, you mm-hmm. know, for for poverty and things. And I was absolutely terrified when after a year, I finally got a face-to-face meeting with my representative. And as nice. I'm getting ready to go into his office, I was like, I, like, I had put so much weight on this moment. And I was, I was so scared and I was so stiff and... I just decided I'm going to pretend. I don't even remember what exactly it was I pretended, but it was something along the lines of this man has been looking forward to meeting me for so long and I'm finally going to walk in that room and make his day and we're going to just be so happy to see each other. And I think I might've actually put more of like a spin on it, but I just remember coming out of that meeting, just skipping because I ended up making friends with this gentleman that I could have just stood, stood there like a, shaking little, you know, statue. (laughs) Yeah, But I do remember doing something like that at one point, and it was out of utter desperation because I was so scared to walk in that room. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, is that an example of something like that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that sounds so powerful because (laughs) – What it sounds like, help me if I'm, you know, help me if I'm feeling this or help me build this with you. But it (laughs) sounds like it was more like maybe rather than the, oh, here's the power dynamic or, oh, here's what it's supposed to look like or here's what the lobbying slash dialogue is supposed to be about. It sounds like you were focused on saying, here's an opportunity for people to relate. Yes, yes. Here's an opportunity for me to learn from someone be present with someone yes offer something and listen for things in that moment mm-hmm. and what we can create can be very magical powerful yes. that in and of itself is revolutionary mm. that in and of itself is playful it didn't require a clown's nose or <laughs> a funny accent but it could have no mm-hmm. no problem if it did or did not mm-hmm. but it's so powerful to say what if we saw these everyday interactions, everyday possibilities as playful by saying, I'm going to be present for what is made available to me and create something with the world without judgment, without expectation, without... Knowing in advance what it will be, but instead creating as it emerges, being present with it as it unfolds, contributing to what someone offers, not what I just think in my head would be a funny thing to say, or not listening to what's been offered. I think that might be a powerful way for us all to heal, to grow the world, Mm
0: -hmm. to change. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I I am. My mind is blown right now because just... I keep coming up on this theme of just feeling this relief, the relief of not having to carry all of this stuff. And and another thing the relief that we're relieved from in this conversation, in this context, is outcomes. Yes. You know, we're relieved. I, I feel like every day when I make a choice, I see all the p- potential outcomes and I have to aim for this particular one. And if it doesn't, you know, um, but what you're saying is just let it all go. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I often do the framing of this in two ways with my teaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One is to honor an approach that comes from one of my mentors in sociocultural psychology, which is the distinction between tool for result mm-hmm. and tool and result.
0: Ooh.
1: The distinction in the e- these two is that when we speak of tool for result, we think often of I have a particular tool, literally it could be a tool like a hammer, mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. can also be a tool like the way I use language, mm-hmm. and I have an already expected result that will come from that.
0: Yes,
1: I've already anticipated that the hammer yields this building because I know how to use it and I hammer with this nail, mm-hmm. or I know that this particular question or linguistic phenomenon gets me a particular result. Mm-hmm that's tool for result, play, improvisation, this kind of emergent presence in t- is allowing us to see things now maybe as tool and result, which is let's create both the tool, the meaning, mm-hmm. and the result of it all emergently, all interactively, all dialectically, all informing each other, not first I f- use a tool and name it, and then, I dis- then I'm gonna use it in a particular way, mm-hmm. the tool, its function, its result, its possibilities, all get done in that moment.
0: Yes. Oh, that's really powerful as well. Wow.
1: Another, another way I offer that when I teach with students is I often invite students to go on journeys with their learning. And that doesn't even just mean in the play class. It means mm-hmm. in any classes that I teach in human development, I often frame them as journeys – Mm -hmm. And I invite students to explore what's interesting to them, whether it be something related to our course topics or for their own self-development, for example. And I often ask them not to set a goal or make a find expected week-by-week, moment-by-moment plan, but I say set an intention. Mm -hmm. Go on a journey. Because I think that can be a liberatory way to see things as much more open and possible and less stressful of, oh my God, I'm supposed to do this in 10 weeks. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's how this interaction with the lobbyist is supposed to go. Or <laughs> this is how this is how college is supposed to go. When we stop the tool for results, when we stop the outcome-driven approach mm-hmm. and go more emergently, build with it as it emerges, mm-hmm. create something as a journey, I think it can be not only much more joyful, but much less stressful and therefore much more playful.
0: Oh, wow. There are just so many ways now, I think, and tools that you've just given us to rethink how we live. (laughs) And there's always always the opportunity to go find an improv group in your town. There probably is one. Um,
1: Absolutely. And if not, create mm -hmm. one or just involve yourself. And in fact, there's lots of just even more, like if you're thinking of improv, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just lots of ways in which improv is being offered in so many powerful community Mm -hmm. fashions i mean there are groups of people around the world called like there's this wonderful website called um improv everywhere yes and and these are just awesome quote unquote ordinary everyday people who create scenes per Mm -hmm. the what the website offers and they'll do the pantless subway ride (laughs) they'll do lots of things but it's a reminder that we can do this in everyday life uh, you know, I like I said, I'm part of a larger international performance movement mm-hmm. and the wonderful people I know around the world doing this work in more than 30 countries mm-hmm. who are, empl- you know, honoring this intentional, playful tool and result approach are honoring that it's something that we can create and you don't even need to take an improv class. Mm-hmm. Just join with people who are interested in changing the world. Yeah. Tell Make- me more
0: about that organization.
1: Sure. Please. I'd love to. I'd love to. So as part of being a grad student, I also met other wonderful academics who are doing work on play and performance in educational and therapeutic contexts. Mm-hmm. And I, early on in my graduate studies, met uh, wonderful people who are in New York at the East Side Institute. Mm-hmm. And this is an international training and development center that offers revolutionary, humane, and just approaches to development and learning. Mm -hmm. And they're a firm believer that play and performance, broadly defined, are powerful ways to grow, heal, learn, build community and offer transformational opportunities in the world. Mm-hmm. And so they offer trainings and online classes, and we have a biennial event called Performing the World where people who are doing this work around the world with youth in therapeutic context, with families in mm-hmm. business context, come together and share The ways in which we are performing the world because, remember, it's not a script that we just follow. It's the world as we create it. Mm -hmm. And so these wonderful people I know all throughout the world are doing powerful performance activistic activities all around the world to really empower us all to see play as something that's not just for kids and that's powerful and possible for us all.
0: Wow, that's great! I'll definitely include a link to Eastside Institute on the on the show notes for this episode. and Oh, um, that'd be great! I'm not sure what number it is right off the top of my head right now, but um, if you go to playgrounding.com, if you're hearing this, it's probably right on the top of the front page. Um, so it'll be there. And wow, just so much! I feel I feel like we we had this great conversation. Is there anything else that you're working on that you want to share before we go? Um, Anything that you didn't get to that you kind of wish you could, we can definitely go a little bit longer this week. That's just packed with information. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> well, I'm,
1: I'm. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so happy that we're having this time together. Me I mean, I think for me, there's, I think that's a lot of what I'm doing. I think that one thing I guess I just want to uh, add is about my, a uh, little bit more about um, the play class that I teach. Yes, yes. That be no, that'd be
0: great. No, that would be wonderful. Just kind of, it might,
1: it might bring us in that end is the beginning kind yes. of idea. Yes. Uh, <laughs> In the way that, because uh, I'm teaching it coming up and I'm getting excited, it's coming up in the spring. I teach it every spring at the University of Washington in Tacoma, and it's uh, among one of my favorite things to do in my life. Yeah. So mm. I, I guess if we could maybe just, I could speak about it for a few minutes yeah. because uh, what, I think it maybe synthesizes a lot of the power of what we've been talking about together so far and mm-hmm. will I hope to continue to. Uh, so even though the course is about, Imaginative play meaning I address the very theories that I've mentioned like what play is possible for in childhood And Mm -hmm. how it's been limited to that age group I also extend that conceptualization of it as a lifespan activity Mm -hmm. and encourage us to look at how plays uh, being enjoyed and celebrated and used in different age groups and different contexts Mm -hmm. so it's very exciting for us all to witness play that's happening among Um, different age groups in schools and businesses in therapeutic contexts in communities Mm -hmm. but i guess what i'd like to remind everybody about and maybe this might also contextualize though so what's this play class yeah is that there are no tests and there (laughs) are no lectures per se we're playing with these ideas
0: oh sounds so amazing so that
1: manifest that manifests in a lot of ways one of them that comes up with rather than my only lecturing about here's what these theorists say <laughs> yes. or let's make sure we understood the results of that experiment kind of idea is that we will perform these readings we will embody the messages of them through performance games wow. improv activities group activities and to build on it as a community building activity the students either as so in solo or pairs depending on how big the class is take one of the readings from the course and are invited to create a playful learning experience that we all engage in around that reading. Wow. And it's their opportunity to say, I could do the PowerPoint presentation (laughs) or I can give the, I know how to make a Prezi, but what if we did this using props? What if we decided to dance? What if we decided to do art based ways of honoring the themes important takeaways, exciting illustrations of play that are manifested in these readings rather than just have the traditional script, which is listen to the professor lecture or let's just do the discussion. So I find that to be a super exciting way. And everyone's like, wow, usually I just read the reading or not. Or if I don't, I never learned it, but even if you're coming in, we can create the understandings and meanings and share our experiences and interpretations and wonders about these texts, but through play. Wow. And I think that's, I'd li- I'm glad you asked me to add that because I think that's a powerful illustration of being open to, but transforming the scripts, creating mm-hmm. meaning together, doing something in new ways, emergently, having fun while doing it. hmm And being co-creators of our learning environment, not just I'm here for the expert Dr. P. I'm learning just as much about these readings and our meanings of them by playing with my students.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and I would imagine that there probably is an aspect of, you know, when you're a student, you want to do everything by yourself. It's about your achievements, about what you do with your time and how you get your grade. But in this context, it would have to be very collaborative, which is a lot more... Like what it is in the real world when you get out there, Absolutely. you know,
1: yeah. makes you I a mean, better bro...
0: – sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I just to feel like the, the Western world has done such a disservice to us to mm-hmm. focus on us as individuals. Yes, to yes. To get that individual grade or rank higher than someone else or yes. other kinds of competitive, capitalistic, neoliberal – Uh, agenda items Mm -hmm. and this type of uh, conversation we're having points to a new approach another approach which Mm is we're much more of a collective we're social we're a group the unit is the community Mm -hmm. not the individual or the competition among individuals it's the collaboration it's the development that happens with and because of each other
0: yeah wow and that's a whole conversation that is is so fascinating and i want to go there so bad but we're running out of time i just i know this has just been so great
1: (laughs) thank you so much for the invitation to create conversation with you and for celebrating play and for just offering this this forum for play in new ways with new Mm -hmm. groups and inviting new dialogues with people i think it's part of the revolution and transformation so yes. thank you for being part of it with us
0: absolutely thank you for being a leader in this and being a, a voice out there who's even stayed off into the academic world for it so oh, wow this is wow once again i i love how, what i learn. i i, I promised myself no more going back to school no more student loans but i get to learn from you guys it just every every one of these interviews i just learned something and the, today i'm overwhelmed this is yeah, lots to chew on. So I, I'm thank very you. jealous of your students right now. So, yes, if any thank of you are listening, you are so lucky. <laughs> you are so well, lucky. Well, I'm grateful. I'm also <laughs>
1: grateful. And I thank you so much. It's been such a great conversation today. Yes, thank and you. just thank you to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. It was great talking with you.
1: Thank you. You as well.
0: Bye bye. Thanks as always for listening. You can learn more about Tony and his playful research at playgrounding.com slash 26. I'll have links to his profile page at the University of Washington, Tacoma with lots more information about his research, as well as the Eastside Institute, Improv Everywhere, and the Freakonomics podcast episode with Trevor Noah that we talked about. See you next time. And if you want to come over and play, I get to be Princess Leia, okay? No, I get to be Princess Leia. You can be Luke. Or maybe we can play cats.